Hello, and welcome to Good Selling Radio, podcasts for sales professionals looking for peak performance. GSR shares ways to make new and existing customer relationships easier, more effective, and more enjoyable. In a changing and busy sales world, take some time to stop for a moment and reflect, reframe, and refocus. We've talked a lot about context, we've talked about behaviours, uh, we've talked about some of the complexities and the unintended consequences. Mm. But I'd like to turn now, if we may, to um, how does this work, work in practice? What's the, mm. what's the process? Um, you know, we're quite big on process. Um, yeah. I think sometimes the words sales and process in the same sentence don't uh, always sit easily, but we believe that process is really important. Mm-hmm. So what's the process? So the, so the first step, diagnose, it's a diagnostic review of the company's situation, what they're selling, how they're selling it, what their strategy is, what the coverage model is, what they're asking people to do, how have previous plans performed, um, so some statistical assessment of previous plans because you don't want to recreate the problems of the previous plan. Um, and the other is stakeholder input. So um, this is on various levels. Clearly you want the high level strategic input. Where are we going? Because you don't want to be re- redesigning the comp plan every year. You want to be making slight tweaks to it, but you don't want to be redesigning it. So you've got some senior level input that provides the vision and the strategy. You've got uh, sort of product leaders, geography leaders, sales leaders that are going to provide the, this is what works and doesn't work in my market. These are the challenges that I've got. Um, You do need to interview the FD. They they do have a role to play in that they're signing off budget. Um, And you can talk to the sales force itself. I mean, the the view on the ground is is really important. You you certainly don't want to um, design a plan that's absolutely aligning with the Salesforce view of the world because it wants to make lots of lots of money and you need to balance that against uh, against cost control. Some people also take the customer's perspective as well. You know, what's the customer or the regulator's perspective on, on what, what is appropriate? Uh, more rarely, um, but certainly internal stakeholders. There's also a process which is looking externally at what other companies do. Not that they're right, but just what are the alternative models that are out there? Um, and the other thing that we do is look at, at good design principles. So if you look at the critical design principles, you know, so does, does, the, does the comp plan reflect what you're asking people to deliver? Um, is it simple enough for them to understand? Does it differentiate effectively between high performers and on-target performers? Uh, is it flexible for different situations? So we, 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 we test that. Um, and really then come up with a, a set of conclusions around what sort of things need to change in terms of comp plan, what are the opportunities for change. Um, and if it's a situation where you're looking to bring a one company approach, pull together all those legacy businesses and comp plans, then what is a comp plan that's going to drive best integration uh, across the business? So that's step one, diagnose. So you're really clear on what works, what doesn't work, and what sort of things the plan has got to achieve going forward. Formulate is the second, so you're putting together options. So if you think about the structure of the plan, 
Um, there are a number of aspects that you can look at. First is who's eligible. Secondly is what's the right payments. Thirdly, should it be a comp plan that pays out against target or is it just commission? Sell something, get something. Uh, the, the metrics and the weighting of those within the plan, the compensation structure, should you have a threshold? What does the payout structure look like? Um, how often does it pay out? You know, what's the crediting cycle and the payout cycle? Do you need particular rules around windfalls? Um, so you're putting together options around this that you think that you think will work. You put together a straw model, and, and that's that's absolutely a common approach. Um, step three is is really about developing that to a final final proposal. So you're looking to stress test that model. You you put through historical data, historical performance to work out what salespeople would earn under the new plan compared to the old plan. Sometimes it's a completely different plan because strategies changed. So you can't actually make a valid comparison. But what you can do is say, well, what targets are we setting in the, in the new environment and what would pay out in the particular scenarios? And that gives the, the business confidence that you've got the, right, got the right plan. Test it with stakeholders. And then there's a point at which you say, yeah, that's what we're going to design. And that leads into the, the reinforcing step, which is about designing communication tools, designing a, a rules document, making it, explaining very clearly and transparently to the sales force how this is going to work in different scenarios and why they should embrace it. So, you know, communicate, 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 and put more of the emphasis on the business to communicate this. Now, there's the transfer of ownership from consultant to customer. They, they buy it, they've signed it off. You know, they, they can advocate it uh, to, to their sales force. I, I get the point about diagnosis. What is it the doctors say that uh, treatment without diagnosis is malpractice? <laughs> uh, I, I get the, the need to formulate and to mm. formulate based on um, an understanding of all the unintended consequences that there can be if you get things wrong. Mm, I really yeah. like your point about stress testing against uh, yeah. previous models and say, well, if we had used this new model mm, uh, in the other mm. numbers, what would the number, how would it have worked out? Um, yeah, the developing it and, and making it work, the reinforcing. But in a in a changing world, and I, how do you how do you kind of recalibrate? How do you and how frequently mm. do you recalibrate? If the market is suddenly changing or uh, results are changing, what, what's your thought on recalibration? Yeah, so it um, so first first of all is you need to be very very clear with the sales force about the situations where you might want to recalibrate. Um, so COVID's been a particular particular example where you, you couldn't foresee that's going to happen. So that, that's that's put particular pressure on companies to review. Their comp plans so they don't overpay, underpay. More, more. I, my experience is that companies have been worried about retaining their sales force coming out of uh, the COVID impact. Um, so that treating them fairly, um, so that when things are back to normal, they'll sit back and think, I've been treated really well by my company. Despite the offers elsewhere, I'm going to stick with it. So it's about retaining talent, but that's a specific situation. And 
normally uh, bad practice companies will review quotas on the hoof and say, right, we did better than we expected in Q1. We're going to increase the quotas for Q2, which means that nobody earns anything in Q2. So we'll reduce the quotas for Q3. People earn more in Q3 and so on. And you get a you know very volatile situation. The sales force doesn't know what to expect. You know, salespeople like transparency. They like clarity and objectivity. They like to know what's coming. So if I'm if I'm building a long-term relationship with a client, I need to know that when it pays out, I'm going to get what I expected. Um, so that uh, if you've got a fast-changing environment, selling environment, you know, growing business, you could say to the sales force, look, we're going to set quotas on a monthly basis. We don't know what it's going to be, but we'll involve you in the process and we'll make sure it's fair. Um, or we're going to have things that are moving gradually. We're going to set an annual quota and stick to it. But wh- whatever you do, it means you can adjust, you, you design the incentive plan appropriately. So for example, if you've got a highly volatile situation, you would not have a very aggressive uh, post-target payout curve because you might end up 400, 500% of target incentive just because you've got a new product that sold like hotcakes and you didn't quite expect it to go quite as well. Um, so you, you need to think about the environment you're selling and the, the sort of prognosis for the next year in terms of how you manage experience. So don't be afraid to course correct, but do it very transparently so the sales person trusts its employer. Thank you. That's very helpful. I just have one other question about mm. process. Um, and I'm thinking with my commercial hat on rather mm. than my salesperson hat on. Um, I've worked in the past for, for a very large multinational organization, now running a fairly small business mm. and you've described a process which I completely get um, and what good design principles are. Is the process the same when you're working with this in a, in a large business, mm. in a business, in an SME or in a high growth scaling, almost startup business? How does the process of thinking about sales compensation vary? So the process itself has a four step model doesn't change at all. It's absolutely the same. And, and it covers the same steps. The, the things that uh, will vary are stakeholder engagement. So in a very small business, you might be working with just the sales lead, the chief exec, the FD, to put together the plan. Um, and, and those are all the stakeholders that you need to talk to. Uh, in a very big multinational business, you're thinking about the people that you need to involve in order to maintain buy-in, get buy-in to the new design. So you know, it's regional sales leads, it's product sales leads, it's a cross-section of the sales force. Um, we, and that extends the scope of, of the plan. The, the next thing that, that varies is the degree of stress testing that's involved. So if you've got multiple historical plans, and you're putting it together in one, there are a number of different sales teams who are looking at, well, this is what I earned last year. What am I going to earn this this next coming year? Um, and therefore the comparisons that you make are multiple rather than singular last year to this year. The, the final thing is about decision-making process. 
So if you're a small growing business and you're working with the sales lead and the chief exec and the finance director, you can be in a meeting and they can decide, decide there and then to sign off the plan and off you go. If you've got multiple geographies, multiple leaderships, that's multiple sign-off. Uh, now, some businesses are very centralised and you know, the sales, the chief sales officer will decide what it's going to be or the FD is going to decide what it's going to be, the CFO, um, or they may want to be more democratic about it and have a, a longer sales uh, sign, a longer sign-off process. And so the, so the process itself is absolutely the same, whatever the size of the business, a uh, very clear advocate of, of that, but the outcome can be different. Um, but because it's a complex enterprise, there are more hoops to jump through in terms of engagement and sign-off. And therefore, I imagine a difference in terms of both time scale and, yeah. and pricing. Okay, that's that's really, really good. And we've covered a lot of ground. Mm. In conclusion, would you, if I were to ask you, uh, as again, as a, as a business leader, what mm. are the things I really need to get right mm. when it comes to designing a sales compensation plan? What would you say to me? These are the must get right things. So the must get right things are understanding context. So what's the strategy? That you have for the business um, understand your customer how do they want to be sold to uh, get the coverage model right in terms of the end-to-end -end sales process and what you're asking uh, each element in that sales process to do what, what, what you're asking roles to do and then once you've got that really clear and you understand your culture and values then start designing a plan uh, in terms of who's eligible uh, the pay mix that that, that works, uh, what you're in, what you're going to credit them with in terms of selling. Is it revenue? Is it net net profit? Is it new product? Um, then very much test for unintended consequences. So the classic of team selling is that lazy people won't do any selling, but they'll get payout. So what you have to do is balance individual and team. So if you want if you want team behaviours. You can have a big element to team, but not too much. And some independence, interdependence in terms of recognizing individual contribution, team contribution. So test for unintended consequences. Um, have an open design process. So the worst thing to do is to go into a darkened room, come out with the plan, and then launch it on an unsuspecting world. <laughs> Involve the stakeholders in this process you know, to, to gain gain trust and buy into the new plan. And that will change behavior quicker. Um, and be, make it as simple as, as you possibly can. Um, also remember that what you're trying to do with an incentive plan is to improve overall performance. So there, there's a well-respected Harvard model that says the top 10% will be successful, whatever the comp plan. The bottom 10% will be a disaster, whatever the comp plan. But you've got 70 to 80% in the middle who can improve their performance 5, 10, 15% through the comp plan. And that's, that's what you're aiming for. Now, higher achievements against higher quotas, uh, greater motivation, greater performance. Um, so remember that that's where the differential effort you're targeting is going to be. 
Uh, and finally, it's the communicate, communicate, communicate uh, message, which is, well, whatever you design, you have to make sure that it's clear to the sales force how it works because a confused salesperson is not going to be successful and you'll spend all your time trying to explain away what the commission payout is for and how it was calculated rather than having salespeople just focused on selling. John, thank you. That's, uh, that's really, really good and, and very practical and, uh, and usable tips. So thank you very much, John, uh, for picking up on that. Uh, if people want to uh, take this further and work out um, what might be involved and indeed whether reviewing and uh, changing a comp plan might be worth it or not, uh, what should they do? So the first thing they need to do is, is get in touch with, uh, with, with sales levers. Um, we've got a diagnostic tool, nice simple diagnostic tool that will help you understand some key elements of the plan that might not be working, a degree to which the plan uh, meets good design principles. Based on the output from that, uh, then you can decide whether there's more remedial action uh, that, that's, that's required. And if somebody wants to explore some of these ideas further, uh, I believe they can reach out to you at john.clark without an e, uh, john.clark at saleslevers.com. And I think you'd be happy to have a, a brief conversation. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see how we can help. John, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to talk about these things. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you have enjoyed what you've heard, have questions or feedback, please leave a review and we'll be sure to get back to you. If you'd like to know more about how we can help you drive sales performance in these changing times, then please get in touch.